Well, hey there everybody. Guess what? It's Thursday noon time and that for you guys right now and for myself and my lovely podcast wife that you can see to either side of me, whatever side of the screen you're looking at, um, it means we're here for another episode of Life Downloaded. So hey yeah. everybody, I'm Dan Edge, <laughs> the lovely lady next to me, whichever side of the screen she is, I think I keep pointing in the wrong direction, is my lovely podcast wife, Samantha Rink. Say hi, Sam. Oh, well, hello. I'm just trying to get the right angle, but I'm thinking that like stripes on a Zoom call aren't that flattering. <laughs> I've, I've never considered how important stripes on a Zoom call are. This, this is yeah, new. This is new. I mean, it, again, it makes my boobs look bigger. How many seconds is that until I've mentioned my bosom? Uh, you've mentioned your boobs in about... 10, 10 seconds, possibly? Wow. Maybe and that's less. a world record. And it wasn't done in a weird, crass way. It was a, a genuine comment about my stripes. Indeed. Uh, what is it? Vertical vertical stripes or, or a no-go? Um, everyone has to excuse me today because guess what? I have just come back from my COVID vaccination. Yeah, stage one complete. Achievement Brilliant. unlocked. And you know what? Um, we've totally forgotten to do. Um, I'm going to describe myself because we're so awful at this and we should be so much better at this. We should because so, we preach about accessibility and we say so how rubbish good. we are. Well, I think I get so excited about talking about my bosoms that I forget all about the accessibility features that we should offer. Uh, Indeed. And with Life Downloaded. Um, so, yeah, so... I have lovely long blonde hair. However, my roots are pretty dark at the moment, but we'll we'll just breeze over that. I am a wheelchair user. I am sat in my um, adopted room in Lancashire. Um, you can probably see the beams behind me. I've got some beautiful beams. And my dressing gowns, which looks rather unsightly hanging on my door. I am wearing a lovely Breton striped top. And that's... Oh, and I'm wearing my glasses. There you, we go. You are indeed wearing your glasses. So, a bit of audio description for those of watching on visuals. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you now just have a lovely description of what Sam is looking like right now. So it's, yeah. it's an all-round win. Um, for those that want to know what I look like... God bless you, like you'd ever want to know that. Um, I am a white man with a semi-long sort of stubblish beard, um, long curly-ish blonde hair that's currently back in a sort of American, South American footballer style with a hairband. Very yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm wearing a black V-neck t-shirt, short-sleeved, and I'm sat in front of a rather boring black background because as an actor you need a plain background to do self-tapes um so yeah there you go bit of audio description for the for the world so how how are you uh, i think we should totally describe each other next time okay Uh, let's do that let's let's yeah i think that should be a thing no We'll, we'll give it a go we'll give it a go and then then if people are if enough people are watching live Next time, by the time we're audio describing, we'll let them describe us and we'll read yeah, out the scary. comments. That could be dangerous. That's scary. Adam, I know. Calm down. <laughs> getting excited already. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you, my dear, now that you've had your first COVID jab? Was it was um, it scary? Was it exciting? What was yeah, it? So, so obviously, like, subconsciously, I think probably my brain is, is going, oh, my goodness, I can probably sleep much much better i know that a lot of us have experienced unsettled sleep ever since the i was going to say the launch of the pandemic that's not the correct word but ever since you know covid you know devastated our day-to-day you know living and so from that point of view i think my mental well-being is probably going to take a a massive um upturn um so that's you know all all thumbs up to that um Obviously, I am away from my home in London. I am shielding at my mother's in Lancashire. And I have just a little bit of context. I'm very um, happy to talk about my impairment. I was born with osteogenesis imperfecta, um, more commonly known as brittle bones. I have type 3, which is a very different mutation, so to speak. Um, It doesn't run in the family. Um, And I have um, 50% lung capacity because of my scoliosis. And also I found out, I think this is why I kind of love, 
you know, in times of crisis, we all band together and we share information, particularly within the disability community, I found. And um, the OIFE, which is the European um, kind of organisation for brittle bones, um, did a few seminars uh, right at the beginning during the first uh, lockdown. And they actually told me something about the fact that having brittle bones means you don't have type 1 collagen in your body, which can affect so many parts of your body, your your hair, your nails, your skin, your arteries, of course, your skeleton, hence the brittle bones. But actually, the capillaries or whatever you want, I don't know, I probably should have listened in biology. You know, the little bronchi, 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 bronchi? Yes, bronchi, yeah, yeah. There you go. The, the, the little bits I'm in your coming. lungs. You did listen, you did listen. F- <laughs> FYI, I'm totally flicking my hair right now. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so apparently there's collagen in that as well. Hmm. So if it, even if I didn't have the scoliosis, uh, my my lungs are if they get damaged, they they don't recover very well. So I had in 2014, I had pneumonia, had septus, ended up on a ventilator, not dissimilar to what people are sadly experiencing now. So and now as a result from the scarring, I I now use a, a an inhaler and I'm I'm classified as asthmatic. Sorry, I'm sure you didn't really need to know the entirety of my medical uh, history, but just to contextualise, I think it's important well, that's, that's because it. I, you know, I was asked today what what kind of band were you in, four or six, and I think on the grounds of simply having brittle bones, it, because of the ignorance towards the collagen affecting your lungs, because like not many doctors know that um, uh, unless they're specialists. I would have been in band six, so still waiting, very similar to you, uh, Dan. Mm-hmm. However, because of my asthma and because of the damage to Mark from the, you know, scarring, I got bunched up. However, I know I'm using that word a lot, I somehow slipped through the net. And I know this sounds shocking, but it's happening quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that basically means that, I mean, this blows my mind a little bit. And I, I you know, I hate ever criticising the NHS and I hate even criticising my GP because they're freaking amazing in Clerkenwell uh, in London. They are really great. And they've always been just really, really supportive when I've had mental health issues, etc. cetera. Um, and they, I, phoned her, I phoned up my GP the other day and I was like, hello, what, what, what's happening? Um, and they, they apologised and they said, unfortunately, you slipped through the net. Um and I, I, part of me is a bit like, hang on, I go for like regular asthma checks. Surely you should have a list. But I think not to make excuses because, you know, accidents like this should not be happening. These are like, you know, life, life altering um, mistakes. However, you know, we were not prepared as a civilization for this pandemic. And I think everyone's kind of been thrown in way at the deep end and trying to do as best they could. So, I know I'm rumbling. However, so I called up my GP and she said to me, the best thing that you can do, which was an, an amazing option because there are a lot of people shielding away from their homes. Um, mm-hmm. I had to register temporarily. Can't say that word. Temporarily. At a local GP. So I rang them up. I picked up the forms, dropped the forms back off. And within 24 hours, they called me and booked me in the next day for a jab. So I like bow down to that system working because I genuinely, when they said you need to register with a different GP, you know, when you just think, oh, that sounds like a real laborious, long-winded kind of round the houses. Will I ever get my injection? Will I have to go back to London you know, sooner than I'd hoped. So, yeah, so I'm really pleased. Everything was great. I felt very safe. I just want to say for those of you who still haven't received your jab, um, the, 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 the kind of makeshift centre, um, everything was done above board, you know, um, access was great. Um, I, my mum got to help me. Um, I didn't need to wait 15 minutes afterwards because they asked me, are you driving... Are you driving? Are you driving a vehicle? And I said, well, technically, as a wheelchair user, I am. And I was joking, but they even said to me, they were like, well, actually, <laughs> that is classified. So they allowed my mother to push my wheelchair, um, so I didn't have to wait because I didn't really want to wait around with a lot of individuals, even though it was very kept very, you know. Indeed, you wanted to minimise the risk. That's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, you still don't really want to be, you know, mix mixing with the. Commoners, <laughs> mixing with other people. 
people for goodness sake so they don't know who I am. I need a whole wing of a, of a hospital all to myself. Uh, you think I'm joking. I'm really not. Um, so, yeah, so I feel great. Uh, I obviously know, I'm very aware that um, I am not going to go around snogging people and I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm still going to be shielding. Like I still work from home. I'm still very comfortable. And, you know, this takes up to two weeks, I believe, to take effect. Then I've got another up to 12 weeks for the next one. Um, so I'm not going to be going uh, and doing anything, you know, against the law. No, uh, indeed. To clarify. No holidays, no clubbing. Yes, no, even though I yeah. did make a comment on Instagram saying I want to snog people, someone got really upset by that comment. So I do apologise. I am, of course, very aware that I am not to break any rules, and which I won't, and I will respect. Indeed. Everything. That doesn't Everything. mean you don't want to snog people, though. Exactly. The work can still be there. But, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna, you should act on it and you're, uh, you're not going to. So, you know, it's, it's, that's the thing. Not it. No, no, not at all. But but yay for for round one of being st- stabbed in the arm with awesome new vaccines. Like like we were saying though, I am the the couple of steps down from you. I am level six. I don't know. Do we call it level six? That makes me. No, no, it's not. I don't know what you call it. Band six. Band six. Who knows? But yes, know. I'm band six because obviously having um, cerebral palsy, like I do, which is classed as a long-term neurological condition which oh really yeah it is because it's basically um damage to the brain due to lack of oxygen so it's a it's a lot it's classed as a long-term neurological condition which which for me um i've found when i first read it although it makes complete and utter sense took a second to adjust to i'm not gonna lie on on a personal level yeah because I've always, because my CP manifests itself very physically in terms of muscle control and balance and all that kind of stuff, I've never really considered it as a neurological condition on a personal level. Yeah. But it completely is. (laughs) And, you know, I've always considered it a physical impairment because in terms it is, but it's rooted in neurology and the brain. And so, so yeah, when when I first read that at the start of the, covid outbreak it the the use of that term took some getting used to and i was like well yeah it is (laughs) yeah it's it's difficult isn't it because i'm described as severely disabled Mm. and i you know chronic like i you know chronic condition as well and a rare condition and even i get that because even those terms don't sit like they don't i don't i don't feel offended by them no but but equally they don't I don't feel like that represents me, you know. I don't mm. feel like a, a, a rare, a rare, you know, anomaly. Partly um, because a lot of people with OI um, are badass people, and they're like, you know, amazing influencers and you know, dancers and you know, all sorts of fantastic individuals uh, who pop up quite regularly here, there, and everywhere. Um, uh, so I don't feel, you know, like I'm a real rarity. And I suppose I don't necessarily see myself as severe. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. get I get on paper, on medical paper, I probably am. You know, I'm like 90% metal in my body, you know, 50% lung capacity. I tick a lot of scary boxes in, in, with regards to, the, you know, medicine. But I think when, I think yesterday I had a little moment when I realised I was in like the tier band whatever four which is obviously more i don't want to use the word vulnerable because we are not using that word no. more, susceptible, more susceptible yes I, that's I, a I, better was, word. I was really excited because i was like yes yes this is what i wanted but then equally i was like oh my god i'm like the most one of the most high risk, risk groups at risk. Yeah. and that that was a bit of a because you are aware of it but you you suppress don't you you put it to the back of your mind like having brittle bones, I don't wake up every morning. And go today. I'm gonna have a break. La 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 la. Today no, and I'm gonna I think, have a break. La, think, la 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 la. You know, disabled or not, I think that's something that people generally aren't very good at. People generally aren't very good at realizing that they're not invincible. Yeah. Um, whether you're disabled or not. 
Um, you know, because nobody, not wanting to put a downer on the podcast, but nobody really openly talks about death in culture. It's generally avoided. Nobody yeah. ever talks about illness and, you know, life-changing circumstances because yeah. nobody wants to think about it. No, of course. It's scary. And, you know, I lost my father. He died. He was non-disabled. He died when he was 38. That's scary considering you're 36, Danny boy. Um, you know, he had a brain hemorrhage, you know. And yeah. um, and I think for a time, you know, that definitely impacted how I valued life irrespective of my disability. But I, I've got this, you know, whole toothache, you know, analogy, you know, and it's very similar to childbirth. It's very similar. It's a, a coping mechanism. You know, you... you you kind of are more aware and you might practice more gratitude and, and, you know, live for the moment. And we're experiencing that now. A lot of people who have maybe not never experienced, you know, trauma or, you know, kind of anything that's life changing are now in a pandemic and they're thinking, wow, I value my friends. I value my health. I value, you know, even when I used to wake up and go to work every morning and I used to be annoyed that I was on the underground. Now all I want to do is go on the underground. Um, however, I, you know, we can fast forward probably 18 months on and a, a lot of people will probably just go back to their old habits. And mm. it's that toothache effect. You know, when you have it, all you want in the world is not to have toothache. You, you know, you start put, praying to any God that would listen to you. But then, you know, the week after, when you've had your filling put in uh, and all is good, um, you kind of that kind of goes to the wayside and I think it is it is a, a natural um coping mechanism you know um same again with with childbirth because if you if you constantly were traumatized and I know some women do get PTSD from childbirth and a lot of women you know really struggle with 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 that but you know the majority um you know you you forget apparently you forget the labor pain or you forget the whole trauma um because uh, the, the universe wants you to have more children you wouldn't be you know you wouldn't be you wouldn't be you wouldn't let no man come near you with a sausage if it was really you know that format at least i wouldn't anymore i'd be like back off back off (laughs) well as somebody that is quite open in the fact that i don't want children um you were going to say someone who is openly got a sausage. Well, like, well, I have one of those too. Um, just, you know, for reference. <laughs> um, no woman has to worry about child labour pains with me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are, you try, are you trying to croon for people? No, you know, not at all. I have I have a lovely lady in my life. I know, but, so. but just you be careful. <laughs> I could have uh, gone down the wrong, the wrong, uh, the wrong path. Uh, but we are going to talk today a little bit about um, about dating and um, and and, and listen, hear me out before you're all like really Samantha. I expected more from you because I hate this obsession that non-disabled people have, or you know, the media have with disability and sex and 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 relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bit like okay, move on. There's so many more, you know important topics you need to be focusing on rather than whether you know Dan's got a sausage or whether I want to have children you know or can have children and however we we're not going to name the person's name but uh, there was a tweet yesterday wasn't there Dan um, of a uh, young woman who has a disability who uh, and we're also not going to mention the uh, dating site because of legal reasons Um, I don't even know where we stand on that however she she uh, uh, subscribed to a dating mm. site, um, and yeah, you you take it from here, Dan, because oh. you're more, much more articulate tonight. I've had my jab, and I don't <laughs> know what's going on. So um, now that now that you've put the pressure on me, my brain's gone. Plin. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, it's to, fine. Do you want it's me to fine. Sing a little bit while you get your thoughts together. Indeed. Um, no. So <laughs> this this lovely young lady. Um, Applied to use the services of a, a dating site, a dating company, and um, raised some questions to which they then replied, I'm hoping, Sam, that you're looking for the actual I tweet. actually have it. I oh, said, there we I go. Spoke, I was supposed to talk about it on radio this morning, but because I was getting my jab, um, I um, declined and I passed it on to... Um, an amazing campaigner on sex um, and, and disability, lovely Kelly. Now, Kelly has recently got divorced, I think, or changed her last name. So I don't know her last name. So let's not go down there. However, let's read it. So um, 
dear whoever, uh, thank you for giving us information about yourself. So she's obviously told uh, the dating site that she has a, a disability. Um, match me. No, not much, 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 no, 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 no. Dating is not a specialist agency and our experience of disabled dating is limited. We have provided our services to clients living with various disabilities and feel it only right to be transparent with you before offering a membership. Regretfully, others are not always open, open to dating someone living with your disability and many decline to go forward with a match when offered so we have found that achieving good outcomes for full-time wheelchair users i mean they got that term right uh user clients can be quite challenging you should consider this before looking to take out a membership um as we get more uh, inquiries from disabled we are considering we are considering developing uh, a special brand <laughs> For the disabled data, the disabled data. Disabled data. Uh, if you do not want to proceed with the membership, we would like to retain your information so we can approach blah de blah de blah de blah. If you'd like, to, uh, if you would welcome a further chat, let us know. Um, I mean, that's a bit of a head floozy, isn't it? Really? Yeah. On many levels, and my heart went out to her because I had a very similar experience years ago. I say years ago, about four years ago, on a, a very well-known dating site, I actually received quite a lot of abuse from men. Um, it went from quite cruel, cruel stuff to things like, "Oh God, you're really brave to be on here," you know. Uh, and I, and I basically said, "I want my money back. Cancel my subscription." And their reply was, "You know, not how can we facilitate your needs? We realise we need to do more. That was not, you know, what you've experienced." should not be tolerated and they just basically went yeah okay we understand and here's your money back type thing you've been kind you've cancelled your <laughs> wow and you see i think my issue with this and lisa's just come in because she's watching us on youtube saying that B bbc news had a statistic that nearly 50 percent of non-disabled people wouldn't consider disating a disabled person yeah. um to which she adds to the end, WTF, those of you that understand, you know, internet acronyms. Um, but yeah, I think what I find really problematic about that whole scenario is A, the way that that young woman's been treated by by the agency, the company, whatever term we're using. Um, but also that for me, that they feel that the answer is to have a separate service just for disabled people in the corner over there. I personally find that massively problematic um, because, you know, as, and maybe it's different for me as a disabled man. And this is, this is another point of conversation. And we've talked about this before on previous podcasts about where the perception of disabled men and where the perception of disabled women sit, in society because I do think it's different um, and then then you've got where men and women sit in society generally so um, and everyone who else who maybe doesn't even identify with other gender or indeed, you know indeed. I mean that is just another conversation for another day but I think because you know I'm I, I, I identify as female cis female you know and you um, as a um, not cis man but I've forgotten the term no cis, um, man, is, cis man is right I think I think is it? okay the, uh, I think so. Um, yeah. But you know what I mean? I think this is why we, we don't want to isolate anyone. When no, indeed, this, indeed. We can only uh, make reference to our own personal experiences. Um, but, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and it is a different experience. Um, uh, you were talking to the lovely Mick Scarlett this morning, weren't you? Via Twitter, uh, yes. Via uh, Twitter, who is a, uh, a uh, you wouldn't mind saying, a more senior uh, member of the community with regards to prolific activists and campaigner experienced um, experienced more experience senior is the wrong word he's probably got to kill me for that sorry <laughs> <laughs> i've just, just added about 50 years to your age <laughs> uh, um yes yeah, so yeah you were you, you you were chatting to him on le twittage mm -hmm. about <laughs> yeah because he um had received unsolicited messages from from people on Twitter and he said, why am I getting these unsolicited messages? You know, I'm married, I'm happy. What has society become that we 
now send these kind of messages to to people just unsolicited. Um, and when you read the responses, mine included, they were very much from a humorous standpoint. And I sort of said to Mick, you know, I'll own up to it. I said to Mick, you know, I'm not getting these messages. What am I doing wrong? What have I got to do to get, you know, your your sexiest disabled man alive title? What's going on? Um, and he then replied to me and called me out on it, which is fair play. And he said, it's interesting, isn't it? If this was to happen to you, Sam, or to to a female member of the community, we'd be in uproar. Mm. But as guys, we find, you know, we everybody approaches us with humour. And I went, do you know what? That's a fair point. And it's probably to do with the fact that, you know, um, men have the privilege of novelty and the fact that we don't get bombarded to the same level that that you ladies do with unsolicited messages and comments and also you know masculinity and the fact that in society for for a bloke to receive those kind of messages um it's a case of it's a badge of honor um in some you know masculine circles and it's not taken into effect that those into account that those messages could be um you know, problematic for the person that's receiving them. It, it's, you know, oh, you know, women, women are giving you attention. That's great. And because it's considered empowering for men um, to get that attention from women um, as not so, not so for women as much. And it's, I think it's, it's very interesting. One. It is an interesting one. And, um, you know, if you were to look on my Instagram or even now and again on Twitter, because I do post pictures you know, there are a few pictures on my Instagram that are a little bit cheeky, a little bit sassy, a little bit, you know, kind of flirtatious um, because I am a sexual being and I, you know, like anyone, I want to, some days I just want to feel empowered and, you know, show a little bit of uh, sexy lingerie, you know? Um, and I think that's fine. But I always, you know, underneath the picture, there's always a really serious message behind it, not just... Not just, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that even if you just post in a picture and go, hey, look, how fit am I? That's fine. Mm. But for me, you know, it's, it normally comes from uh, a comment or an ableist view that, you know, um, infantilizes me. So I kind of write a, you know, do a nice picture to go, don't infantilize me. I'm a grown ass woman. Um, and it's, and it is actually really funny because um, not all, again, but I do get a lot of unsolicited comments that have not read the text have just seen the picture and even though it's the irony and they say something really quite crass or really quite suggestive mm. or, you know, kind of like, oh, I'll do this to you or that to you, you know, on, on a page. And even that, it's like who gives you the right to kind of intrude on uh, on my kind of space like that when you could have just gone, okay, what a nice picture. Why does it always have to turn into something of a sexual nature just because a woman I mean let's face it I always find this really funny you go to a beach and you see women in bikinis right mm-hmm. a bra is a bikini but mm-hmm. waterproof yeah right? so why do we get so like hot and bothered and feel like we can objectify women who show an, a picture of them in their underwear but you know you don't go up to someone on a beach and start calling I mean you might do if you're that person but you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah, I think I think there's a lot of you know, and I suppose it goes back to the whole age thing. You know, if a girl wears short skirt, are they asking for it? I think now we've just gone from that to online, you know, and um, and and it, you know, the the argument is if you put yourself out there, you are um, exposed to this. And I recently, because I called out someone who described me as a confusing wank, and I which took it as, in, you know... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a proper term, but I took it as um, they are attracted to me, but they shouldn't because of my disability. And, and that's, that's kind I, of... Yeah, that's what i define it as, um, if, if it was me reading that term. I think it's a ridiculous term, <laughs> but... But yeah, I'd define it in the same way that, that you would. I'd say that that's fair. That was the intention. Yeah. It was funny because um, I had a lot of, um, after I posted that, and I posted 
um, you know, a kind of, a, well, I mean, it wasn't even a watch. It was just a really pretty picture of myself in a mm. faux fur jacket with Indeed. a tiny little bit of a brazar, like tiniest bit. Brazier, yes. Brazier, And I I had just this influx of men DM me, you know, slide into my DMs. And a lot of them were just genuine going, there's nothing confusing about you. I don't just ignore him. Kind of being sweet, but not cropped for me, not crossing a line. And then yeah. some people just crossed the line even further. I'm like, are you not even reading? The the, the whole point of why I'm posting this. About? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a scary old world. And I, for me, I... I I struggle with dating because of this. And I think for me, maybe I'm old fashioned and maybe I'm totally out of it. I do want a little bit more romance rather than just straight in sexting or, you know, getting too hot and heavy. And I think as a disabled woman, as I've gotten older, you know, I used to, I used to say yes to things, particularly of a sexual nature, Mm. Even when I didn't feel comfortable, so I would give into it earlier because I wanted to feel normal. I wanted to, you know, have that experience. And as I've gotten older, I mean, I don't really get like, you know what I mean. I just libido's gone. Um, but for me, like, I I need a, I need more of a connection with someone. Not only because I need it for my own soul and my own mental well being, because you know it's better mm. to form a friendship, to form some sort of meaningful connection. But also, let's face it, you know, at the moment, I've got two non-union fractures. I've got rods poking out of, you know, bones and and the cold weather is like really messing up with with all my arthritis and everything. So for me to be intimate with someone that I don't know or someone that just slides into my DMs and wants to meet up, of course, that's not going to happen because of the pandemic. But Mm. say, take that out of the equation. You know, I couldn't just I, I couldn't just do that. You know what I mean? I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a lot to be like, right, okay, but you can't do this, can't do that. We've got to think about that, and we've got to, you know, it's. I would rather. I think this is what makes dating with a disability harder is the online element, because it's so fast paced and it's so like boom, 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 and it needs to get sex so quickly rather than physically going out on a date. And I think mm. I think that's quite sad. I don't know. What do you think? You know, it's yeah. Really- I think I think it's a case of. You know, social media in general, um, and you know all the things attached to it, and the fact that we're also connected via phones and what and messaging apps and all those kind of things. Um, people have definitely, you know, myself included. I'm, I'm gonna hands up. People have definitely lost when when you're in that world because it's not connected to a person face to face. And you're you're like two steps removed. Filters disappear, yeah. you know. Stops disappear um, in in how you'd approach people when dating or relationship wise. And you'd probably say things that if you were in person, you'd never dream of doing. You straight away say something when you don't have never met someone. I've only literally instigated conversation. Would you straight away be crass and mention something sexual or no. say that you want to get a manicures or I love to do this to you? Would you do that? Or straight. would you do, like, you know, like I, I get a lot of that. And I'm like, that's so off-putting. I find yeah, it so no. off-putting. Straight away, straight away, no chance. There, there has to be some sort of relationship built there. No question. But I do think, you know, people get to that quicker because they're two steps removed. And it's essentially, you know, would I say this to you in person straight away? Probably not. But because essentially it's a message and it doesn't necessarily mean a lot, you end up sending things that you wouldn't normally send. But, yeah, I think, yeah, it's... I'm so old-fashioned. I only Mm. mention it because, funnily enough, about two weeks ago, someone did slide into my DMs, and normally I just tell people to go and bugger yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. But I did get chatting to someone, and they seemed very genuine, and it wasn't it wasn't anything like that to begin with. It was like I find you attractive, but nothing salacious. So we'd be messaging most days, um, but it's got to that awkward stage now of like you know, do you send some? He's asked for like you know, are you, are you up for like sending pictures or things? Mm. And um, I'm not that sort of person. Um, just because it's like. I don't know. Don't spoil the surprise. Also, you know, I am in the public eye, and I've got to think about mm. these things. Like, I don't know exactly who you are until I've met you, no. um, and I don't want to send any pictures of that. But I think it, you know, when you do have a sort of relationship on or whatever 
on on text or online I think it does and it's and I and I you know it does speed up the process and it it kind of I don't know for me it's like I would love to take the sex element away if that's going to happen that mm. would happen organically but whereas you know on text because if you turn around and go no I'm not sending that or if you turn around and go I don't want to send you a sexy message this morning or I'm really not in the mood for you know for it I think it can lead to like it can fizzle out so so quickly mm. and I I think you know I, do you know what I'm craving I'm craving real one-on-one no totally and, but you know in the scheme of things as much as I've said I'll put my hands up and you know I've probably sent messages quicker than I normally would or you know that kind of thing when it comes to having an actual relationship with mm. a person I am very much like you. I will not, I'm not a one night stand person. I'm not, you know, I need to be able to, to trust that person because, you know, much like you with cold and arthritis and, and rods, you know, I'll have days where I have spasms or I'm hurting or, you know, all those kind of things where I need that relationship where I trust that person. And, you know, I'm very lucky that with, with my lady that, I have that relationship um, that I trust her implicitly. Um, so I'm very, very lucky in that sense. Yeah, well, it is a minefield. And I didn't think I'd internalised as much as I have until I start talking to someone. Mm. Even with this specific person I'm chatting to now, just casually, um, at the back of my mind, I'm because he obviously is aware of my disability and we've kind of touched upon it, but not into great depth. Mm-hmm. Um, but even at the back of my mind, I'm like, really um is he sure he's okay with that and when he says that's fine you know i just see you as sam i'm attracted to you as sam i i honestly constantly second guess it and i um as a campaigner and as a woman who feels extremely strong and proud of my identity i find that really sad that when it comes to dating relationships i still doubt anyone being attracted to me or you know kind of not not being phased by the disability, mm. you know, and and Sophie Morgan did a really powerful, you know, post on a story not that long ago, and someone asked her the same question. She went, "Do you know what? I've never not been in a relationship where the the disability did at some point cause an issue, you know." Mm. And I think we do need to talk more openly about it. I mean, look at the statistics. What is it? Fifty two percent, fifty four percent of people won't date someone, and it's fifty so percent according to Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, it's so difficult as someone with a disability to really, really trust. And that's sad, isn't it? You should not question. You should no. question it. No. But that is, you know, that's ableism that's, you know, ingrained in us. That's from years of being told that, you know, we'll never get married. We'll never, you know, kind of um, be in a relationship. I think that needs to be, un- like, absolutely unpacked. And I'm oh, sure yeah. I'm not the only one. And I think, you know, part of it also for for me, definitely, um, partly because of my career choices as well. You know, I, I've regularly had conversations with partners, my, my current, my girlfriend included, you know, I say current, like, I'm going to change her. I don't plan on it. No. <laughs> um, not in, not yeah, at all. Like I say, I love her dearly. Um, but, you know, where I've gone, I can't because of my career choices, you know, my income and stuff isn't dependable because of, you know, when it comes to things like sex, there are certain positions I can't do, you know, just for sheer practicality, not because I don't want to. Um, um, And, you know, you do have to have those conversations with partners as a disabled person and find finding someone that is understanding of that can be a challenge. I've been quite fortunate um, you know, I've been I've been very fortunate. Let's be fair. Um, but do you think though, and I don't want to generalise, but you know, men are notoriously notorious for having a higher sex drive, libido. Mm-hmm. That is just biology. Yep. On the whole, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. I've known some women that are absolute nymphomaniacs. Like I'm like, go girl, like like you know what I mean. Yeah. So I know there's always exceptions to the rule, but I think that even that you know, being a disabled woman in comparison with a disabled man, I think our experiences differ. So say if you were to say to a female partner, I can't, 
I can't throw you against the wall and have sex with you against the wall because I'd struggle. I'd have to use my my sticks to keep my balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, and I think I think a lot of women would be more compassionate and understanding, and you know, open to more sensitive um, kind of you know, like more sensual things. Whereas I've always experienced men are not as open to sacrificing on how much sex can be had. That's my experience. That's that's been my experience. Possibly. Um, And then I felt felt inadequate and then I've kind of like, you know, ended the relationship. Possibly. But then on the flip side, and I am playing devil's advocate, Hmm. um, I'm very lucky that, you know, my partner and I are pretty understanding. Um, as, As a man whether it's put on yourself or not, because a lot of it is, you know, it's self-angst and, you know, wanting to be, there's a lot, there can be a lot of self-pressure to perform. Um, You know, in the fact that as a disabled man, you know, my partner's been with non-disabled men and they can pick her up and throw her against a wall. Um, I can't, so do I need to compensate? Yeah. Um, you know, playing devil's advocate. So I think it, I think it works both ways. Um, and I think, you know, women may be more open to it. Um, I don't know. I can't, you know, comment for, for the ladies. Um, <laughs> but... But you know, I think it, there is there is that there is that there. It's always going to be in the middle ground, and mm. I like that was a sweeping generalization. Of course, However, we, we we are generalizing. We are by yeah. no means. Well, I'm only I'm only you know kind of retelling my personal experience. So unless I've got a particular type, and I keep going for the wrong wrong people, <laughs> I always I always end up going for six foot something guys with a very high sex drive. Oh, they're just drawn to me. <laughs> I've never dated a short man. So short men. Short men, if you're listening. (laughs) Please, dear God. Because I don't like looking at someone's belly button while we're having at it. (laughs) I've never never considered that, darling. You know who said that? (laughs) Our good friend, Nikki Johnson, who's a fabulous photographer. I do love Nikki, yes. Who did our promos for Life Downloaded. Yeah, whenever you see an image of of me in a Superman shirt and Sam in a glamorous red dress, dress. it has been taken by the the lovely (laughs) Nikki Johnson. Post-COVID, we probably should get some more pictures taken. Yeah, we really do. We (laughs) need to. Um, But but anyway, so uh, we were chatting about this and I said to him, uh, honestly, not through choice, just through people being attracted to me they've always been over six foot tall and I just don't know like and it's a really it's kind of a running joke now and he said well how how does that work then do you just look at their belly button during sex I went well yeah pretty much <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> now we're, we're speaking truth you know yeah. I don't actually care anymore because I've found that when we like you know aren't authentic and don't get to the bottom line I know most people that watch us are uh, have, have a disability and, you know, um, I, and I, I kind of want them not to feel alone because I think mm. a lot of the time, you can, even if you feel confident like I am I, or both of us are, you can feel so alienated a lot of the time because we're just not talking about nitty gritty ins and outs. And this is why I used to love going to uh, the Brittle Bone Society AGM and your general meeting because mm-hmm. we just used to like, we, most of us didn't really get on. We all we were all like family. We all kind of loved hate, hated one another. Yeah, all bickered. Um, like a really extended, mixed up family. But there was no topic that was stupid, or no nothing, no lived experience that was dismissed or brushed under the carpet, or you know, diminished in any way. And we just kind of really just were open and honest. I think that's what we're missing. Now and I hope I bring that with my social media. Have you frozen or are you just looking? No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> a statue. I'm like one of those guys you, you see you see in like the street one of the street performers that don't move. No, I'm just listening intently, my dear. That was really good listening. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but you know it, it is interesting. And while while I'm looking at the the comments and the questions because we are live. Um, Not scary. Lee, 
I know, right? Lisa asks a question. On some dating apps, you can rule out people um, of search results based on gender, religion, ethnicity, their academics. How would you feel about people being ruling out others based on disability? I think everybody has a type and everybody is allowed to feel attracted to whatever. But a lot of, I do feel like a lot of, I just did an unconscious bias training yesterday, which was really, really powerful. And I think a lot of us make decisions on who we feel compatible with or who we feel comfortable with um, based on, you know, these unconscious bias. So these messages of otherness or people not fitting in or stereotypes, which are harmful. So, um, you know, I'm not saying if you, you know, if, if you're attracted to, to X, Y, and Z, that's fine, or you've got a preference. I don't think you should be penalized for that. However, you need to actually think, why am I not attracted? Am I not attracted because, you know what, they remind me, they look like my brother? Or are you, <laughs> are you, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, or, no, or, yeah. the kid, or the kid that bullied you at school, you know mm. what I mean? Um, or are you rejecting these people? Um, because you think um, that they aren't going to understand your way of life or they're not going to, you know, um, um, uh, fit in or, or they won't be able to have sex or they won't be able to have children. You know, same as if you think, um, right, if they are Indian or Muslim, they won't, they won't drink. So if you're a heavy drinker, that's not, you know, that's mm. probably not going to be compatible. I think the danger with, with, with um, disability is over all the other um, groups that we, we we you could possibly you know tick off um we are so in the dark about disability and there's so much falsitude out there there's so much negativity there's so much in misinformation and ableism that people if you know if people click no it will probably be because it comes from a false place yeah you know, look at Dan, you're a very attractive man. You know what I mean? Oh, and I'm you know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure gone. and I'm pretty sure if someone saw you right now without, you know, being in your chair, they would be clicking, clicking, clicking. And that's what I had on my um my uh when I went did a dating site. I literally I don't know whatever like I put a nice picture, I was all done up, just a, a torso. And I had in like three days over two hundred messages from people. Well, right? thank you then, well. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I swear, swear on my dad's grave. Like, it was crazy. And I was like, oh, my goodness, because um, I look shit hot. And then I, I whittled it down to a few who I kind of thought would be most compatible. And, and, and as soon as I mentioned my disability, it was like, how fast could we, you know, get out of this situation? Or let's say something very, very patronising. So I think the danger with, with it's, a, it's a little bit like cripping up. I don't mind non-disabled actors playing disabled roles, but... That day can only come when we have more of a level playing field. Okay. Yeah. And, no, and, and you know what I mean? When I can go to an audition and get on the underground and not pay expensive taxis or not be typecast or, or get to somewhere that there's not step free access, same with dating. Until you start to see sexy disabled people on TV, models with disabilities, um, you know, your teacher, that still you start to, I don't want to say normalize, but still you start to, be more inclusive and, and you know have equity for disabled people mm. you know then 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 people can make a, a, a them then put the filter in place yeah, yeah an educated yeah. choice choice yeah does that make, all make sense <laughs> yes there's a difference between an educated choice and going oh no not disabled people oh yeah yeah um yeah, yeah. They obviously can't have sex, can they? So what's the point? Exactly. But, you know, once you've been educated and you learn that disabled people are generally pretty damn good at sex because we're willing to <laughs> we're willing to adapt and we're willing to learn and we're willing to, you know, work with what we've got and, you know, because we're considerate because we have to be, um, then, you know, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's the case of once everybody's aware of that, then you'll see the benefits of being with somebody with an impairment rather than, oh, my God, that's really problematic for me. Hopefully, that's what we aim for. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes I often get, whenever I kind of challenge this and challenge my own experiences and, you know, and, and ask, for people, ask for advice of people and, and kind of want a sympathetic ear, a lot of people say the comment and I understand they're trying to be helpful but in the great scheme of things it's not people say 
Well, he wasn't the one for you. He's not the right one. If he's the right one, then he won't care about your disability. He won't care about this. And I, and I hear what they're saying, but mm. actually there might be really, really genuine, like I might have my soulmate out there who is just being bombarded with misinformation. Mm. Does that make sense? So yeah. that there's, so there's that. It's like, I, you know, I wish I didn't have to wait around for one in a million or one in a thousand who, you know, has perhaps you know, whose mother might be disabled or who has some experience of disability. Therefore, you know, it is a scary prospect. Um, you know, so, um, so yeah, it's not very helpful when people say that. No. And, and you know, the, I always find that that's a really, and I'm, I'm playing, again, I'm playing devil's advocate. This seems to be my preset today <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to be. Why do you disagree with everything I say, please? <laughs> I don't disagree, but it's a case of you said, um, you know, people say to you, oh, they won't care about your disability. Mm. That won't matter. And it's like, I find that term quite problematic because yeah, I understand where I understand where it comes from. But at the same time, you know, I think it was, who was it? I can't remember now. But there was there was somebody talking about a conversation Oh, that was it. It was one of the guys in in the wrestling community. There's a guy called Cody Rhodes who runs one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world, um, All Elite Wrestling. And his wife is a black woman called Brandy. And he turned around to her and he said, oh, but I don't see race. Yeah. And she went... I get that. And she went, hang on a minute. I don't want you not to see it. Yeah. Because by not seeing it you're invalidating my experiences as a black woman. Yeah. I want you to, I don't want it to become an issue, but I want you to acknowledge that it's there and acknowledge that it informs my life experience and everything else. And so somebody not seeing my disability, although it's well-intentioned, I find the phrase really problematic because it, it can, you know, minimize life experience, understanding, um, I need someone to see my disability. Mm. I need them to see my uh, the barriers that are placed in front of me. I need them to respect that. I need to, I, I, and I want them to see my disability. I want them to go. Do you know what? I'm going to take you out on a date, and I've thought about step-free access. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. And then that was probably a poor choice of uh, wording on my part. I think what I was trying to get at is, you know, um, the right person won't won't have all the prejudice no exactly exactly and i know that's where you're coming from but i i just find that phrase problematic because yeah because it is one of those that negates lived experience um absolutely absolutely and it's you know, it's so, and it is a minefield, and it's one of them. It's like, you know, we shouldn't then have to educate people, but then are you, are you not? Because if you, you know, on a practical level, I could wait around and wait around, you know, for the right one who, you know, has in some way, you know, either had their own experience of disability or is just a good person and open to educating themselves and has done their own kind of, you know, exploration of the disabled world. You know what I mean? I can Mm -hmm. wait around for that. But again, all the barriers that I have to physically get to that point. So for example, like we've talked about today, prejudice, ableism on dating sites. You know, when I went on to the one I did, I couldn't even put my own height because it's the height button clicked, clicked 5.1 so of course the guys are going to get a shock when they see me because i'm not five foot one i'm like three foot nothing you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what i mean but what an awesome yeah. package of three foot nothing you are yeah, let's, awesome let's be fair what is it pocket rocket um or, or you know physically get it like i can't be going someone said to me oh my friend goes on like three in london goes three on, on three dates a week i said i won't physically be able to afford that if no. I take a taxi, I can't go on the underground. If I took a taxi for three dates a week and all of them were shite, right? <laughs> well, I'd be spending hundreds of pounds a week for a crap experience. Mm. So I think we need to even look at the practicalities of dating and be realistic that sometimes, you know, we can't wait around for Prince Charming to all of a sudden, you know, be like, I am so accepting of everybody and I know, you know, I know your life. Because mm. I, you know, know someone with brittle bones or I, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a minefield. And then 
And then I suppose people would turn around and say, well, why don't you just consider dating disabled people? And for a very long time, that I didn't want to do that. You know, that was out of my mind because um, not because I didn't find disabled people attractive, but I wanted to make a point to non-disabled people, you know, um, uh, to be like, why are you assuming mm-hmm. that I can only date or would only want to date someone? Um, that's another podcast for another day. I suppose, it is. That, you know? that's, a, that's a whole... <laughs> That's a whole podcast slash self therapy session. I was definitely my twenty. Um, but, I was twenty angst. But but yeah, you know it, it is complex, and you know Sandra says sorry she's late, but she's here. And oh, Sandra, we're gonna go in a minute. <laughs> no, she's Wait. been here for a while. I am oh, I am sort of catching up. Oh, but love. but you know she said she says that she'd worry that men was looking for sex and that she couldn't meet expectation. Yeah, and, me exactly the same. I totally get that. Uh, but you know, again, playing devil's advocate because that's my role today. Um, we don't know what other people's expectations are. Yeah, but what if they tell? What if they tell you what they like? What like this guy I'm chatting to you now? He's told me he's got a high sex drive, mm-hmm. and although I'm not sending pictures or rarely sending anything kind of kinky, just because I'm so tired, I'm not in the mood, and I don't think it would be very genuine of me to be. Fair. Sending something salacious when I'm sat here cutting my toenails, like you know what I mean, like yeah, no fair, fair. No, I've got to like be but in the mood. I but, think um, I think you know, and I I come from from a very advantageous point that I have a I have a lovely partner, um, that and you know it doesn't mean we always get it right by any stretch, but I think it's about having being able to find that person you can have that communication with. Yeah. Um, and that comes from a privileged point where hopefully, you know, I'm with somebody that I have that with and I'm, I'm very lucky to have that. Um, like I say, it doesn't mean we always get it right by any stretch, but I think that's, that's you know, it's finding that person that you can have that conversation that with. That is true, but the disposable way of we go, the social media and the way we dispose of people that don't meet our needs, mm. that's, that, that is where I feel the pressure. I get what you're saying 100%. And as a 35-year-old woman, I set boundaries. I am not going to anymore. Like I told you, I, you know, I used to go down a really, really dark, dark path of wanting to please other people and, and, and do things that I felt so uncomfortable with and felt quite disgusted with myself afterwards, you know, mm. um, whereas I'm so removed from that. However, you know, I still feel this pressure of if I put them boundaries up to someone I'm chatting with casually, on on whatsapp or instagram or whatever it is because of you know that's how things happen and i go no do you know what stop that's not how i want to do things i think you know they're they're they are more inclined to well it's so much easier for them to go right well i'll move on to the next and i think that is a problem and i think when you add disability onto that that's where it it gets even harder Mm. to set those boundaries you know no. Well, I'm gonna keep keep at it because you know what? I've got cats. Don't really need You've got cats, the the lovely Lola and Bruno. Um if you've got fo- you. And me and me. Excuse me, yes, you've got me. No pressure. No pressure. And you know, my lovely you're, lady you're happily. Nice. Exactly. I'll see you now and again. Yeah. You know, exactly. Buy me chocolates from for my birthday. What I, more do I want? I did buy you chocolates for your birthday. I bought you chocolates for Not Christmas right here, as well. <clears throat> no, but that's because I haven't been able to get to you this <clears throat> year. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking at the time, and I actually feel like I have got another meeting. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Then so, in that case, we should. I might be wrong, but I feel like I've got something. It might be at half two, so I've got time. Actually, it's fine. Okay. Okay. I, I would just like to put our testament while we're on this while we're on this um, sort of break that your bladder is doing a great stint today. Oh no, it's not. Why did it come rocking? I'm literally. So I did some unconscious bias training yesterday, and it was supposed to be for two and a half hours. It lasted four and a half hours, which is not a criticism because it was amazing and fantastic, and I loved it. Mm. However, um, my bladder was so full and. It was pushing on to other organs and I was sat there and, you know, when you really just don't want to stop because you know that everyone's going to have to stop mm. doing the training. I, I, I've not had pain like that <laughs> for a very, very long time because you know how much tea I consume. Yes. It was like four cups of tea and all the rest of it. And even like my lower back started to hurt. Oh, my word. I know. I know. It was one of, it was one of them moments where it actually hurts to release 
release. So yeah, I'm not going to do that. And again, that was where I was le- leading into that. I'm not going to do that again because it's really bad for your bladder. It is. Um, but yeah. Um, but, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. on that note. Well, Sandra has kindly named this week's podcast for us again. Oh, she said, she says this week's podcast should be named Devil's Advocate and Belly Buttons. Uh, uh, but- what? Belly button? Why didn't we mention belly buttons? Because you were saying button? when you when you have sex with six foot men, all you see is their oh belly God, button. Yeah, oh, don't remind me. I don't. I don't need to be reminded of that. That's upsetting. <laughs> Okay, we, we might we might call it a different title. I don't know. What it's I think be. we should call it send picks. Send picks. Send picks. All right. Send picks. When you're up in the air, do you send picks or not? No. No. Sandra apologises. She says, sorry, love, for traumatising you. Um, <laughs> damn you! Should we call it, Should we call? because obviously you've just had your first jab as well, should we call it COVID jabs and send pics? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's this week's episode, guys. So, I actually really, really need to go now, because now you've talked about it, it's like... <laughs> you need a win. I love you all, but I really am going <laughs> to... <laughs> so on that note, guys, this has been episode, I think, 27. 27. 27. COVID jabs and send pics. My lovely podcast wife that's bouncing up and down is Samantha Rank. I am Dan Edge. We will hopefully see you around this time next week. Yeah. Take care. Stay flexible next week. Well, so. hey. <laughs> Aren't you flexible every week? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but take care of yourselves. Look after one another. Stay safe. And we'll see you in about a week. Yay. Love you all. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.